And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. It's okay. Uh, and special guest, Rihanna Manuel, is here. Hello. Ooh. Welcome back to the show. How Thank are you? you? I'm doing good. Feeling very nice. I got some nice sunlight today and looking forward to talking about some stuff we did this past weekend. Oh, hey. Yeah. So you guys may remember Rihanna. She did an interview with me back in the spring when you were in yeah. the Bay for a dance competition and you yeah. popped by the studio and we recorded a little something. Uh, it was super fun. Or you may know Rihanna from her many appearances in the Kind of Funny community pages. She previously was an admin in the Kind of Funny Facebook group and is all over Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and now we're slowly getting her to work for us. It's very exciting. Uh, she joined us as our event coordinator for our Extra Life event in Fargo last weekend. And you got to see the Midwest. What would you think? I thought it was awesome. I am Yay. from Ohio. I've spent a lot of time in Pennsylvania, but Fargo was really, really cool. I'm really glad we got to do that. I wish we could have seen more of downtown. Also, I'm, I'm ill, slightly ill, so sorry if I sound a little <laughs> off, a little off this week. Um, I wish we could have seen more of downtown. The party bus, which we'll talk about in the third segment, was really great. But it wasn't like, you know, you couldn't see all the buildings and everything else. It was like you hop out, you froze your ass off, took a cool picture, and then ran back in. <laughs> That's Fargo in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are going to recap everything that we did in Fargo, including our meetup in the third segment of the show. We didn't our want role. to spend too much time chatting about it at the top because there is a ton of news this week. But we do want to give a big shout out and thank you to everybody who donated at whatsgoodgames.com slash extra life. We hit our stream goal of $5,000, which is fantastic. Of course, that is going to help Team Kind of Funny kick off their National Day of Play, which is happening Saturday, November 2nd. So if you guys want to get in on their extra life action, of course, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games is where that's going to be happening. They're kicking things off at 10 a.m. Pacific time on November 2nd, as I mentioned. Uh, Joey Noel was there, which was fantastic yeah. to have Joey yeah. in town for the event as well. Um, a big shout out and thank you to Brady Elhard um, from Microsoft in Fargo for helping organize and set it up. Uh, to James LaBelle at eGame Central for hosting us at his fantastic venue. Um, and to all of you guys for showing up, for everybody who drove in, who flew down. Uh, we had so many people from around the country pop by Fargo, North Dakota for oh. the Extra Life event. It was amazing. I also need to give a shout out and thank you to our fantastic publishing partners who provided prizes for the Extra Life raffle. Um, our friends at Epic Games, at Jackbox Games, at Square Enix, and at... 
oh my gosh, I knew I was going to miss one. <laughs> it happens. Think about it long and hard. That's what she ah, said. Private division. There we ah, go. There <laughs> it is. Uh, for providing us with copies of games and swag. So, and Astro Gaming, of course, um, for us to give away at the event. So it was great. And we're going to talk more about everything we did and the shenanigans that happened later on in the show. But I painted faces. I mean, if you guys miss the photos, please scroll back through our Twitter feed. What's good underscore games? It got a little hairy at the end. (laughs) Oh, of course, we can't forget to thank Maria. Yes, Maria. Um, Maria Dale, who helped out quite a bit at the event, helping us decorate, helping us with ideas and concepting. Um, Really just like a total group effort in making Extra Life in Fargo happen. So it was super fun. But that's enough for Extra Life. We're going to touch more on that later. Brittany. Yo. It looks like we've got another one-star review. <laughs> yes, we do. So every week we get emails uh, from our, that tell us what the latest reviews are we've gotten on our show. And I just want to, again, give a huge shout-out because they're all five-star. They're all super nice, and it's great. But, you know, sometimes you get reviews like this one from Trashy Club, which is called <laughs> Just Awful. <clears throat> I've listened to two of their podcasts and roughly three quarters of the time, three fourths of the times what they have. They are talking about games that they've never played or have had any experience with. They are just two hour long podcasts based on hearsay with no valuable insight or opinions to add to the discussion. Just a whole lot of Mega Man. I've never played Mega Man, but this one guy says this about it. You can swap out (laughs) Mega Man for just about any other title, by the way. Wow, Britt, that was really impressive. Thanks. Good. Um, Thanks. I'm, that's exactly what I sound like when I talk about Mega Man. I know. Who's the blue guy? <laughs> that's exactly. Anywho, yes. So your your little five star reviews really help us out and have offset these people like Trashy Club. Oh, it's <sighs> you know what's what's kind of interesting to me is that we've been highlighting these one star reviews for a little over a month now. But they still keep coming in, and I don't know if it's because they truly just don't listen to the show at all, or if it's because they're listening to like backlog shows and they haven't gotten caught up to where we point out the one-star reviews. (laughs) Um, Regardless, it's super funny to me, and um, I I look forward to the day that they catch up. Or maybe they don't because they gave us one star, and they're like, (laughs) they listened to a single episode, and they were like, nope, I'm done. They're really fun. I actually look forward to scrolling and finding these one-star reviews. I'm like, okay, that's how you know your armor's thick as hell is when you're like, what do you have to say about us? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. But Uh, as Britt mentioned, those five-star reviews that you guys have rolling in help us out a ton in our podcast rankings, which mean a lot to us. So thank you so much for everybody who's taken the time to write a review. And on that note, I want to say thank you to our Patreon producers for the month of October. Alex Vergopoulos, Chewy's godson, David Icolucci, Farzate, and Muhammad Muhammad. And welcome to our Patreon community at patreon.com slash what's good games. Philip Hinkle, Frank Acevedo, Mr. Zerquin, Mr. Mathematics, Luke, Kurt Jepson, Susanna Lilgren-Bergman. It's almost like... You made that up, but it's definitely probably your real name. Or it's a typo. 
Either way, Susanna, let us know how to pronounce your name. <laughs> Cody Knight, Chase Kruger, Max Lazos, Daniel Fifield, and Michael Queen. Welcome to our Patreon community. We hope that you guys enjoy all of your rewards, like being able to get the show ad-free. Or maybe you're in it for the after-hour streams. Or maybe you just like Steimer's rambling vlogs. Mm, those are good. <laughs> They're pretty good. They're pretty pretty good. Those are good. Yeah. Um, so she's in Europe for another couple of weeks, so we have another special guest coming on the show next week. Week. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we could probably announce that yeah. that Miss um, um, Sabriel is coming on yeah. Sabriality. She was a featured streamer in our extra live stream. She is an Overwatch expert, and she is heading to BlizzCon this weekend. She's going to give us a full BlizzCon report oh next boy. week, which apparently now definitively includes Overwatch Two, according <laughs> to ESPN. <laughs> so uh, excited to see what she has to say about that. And now. Let's get into the news. First up, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare? <laughs> That's what I'm Andrea Renoy. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I haven't done that in a while. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, you should. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare sales top $600 million in just three days. This write-up comes from Forbes.com. It seemed like Call of Duty Modern Warfare was shaping up to be a higher-selling entry than the average for the series, leading up to its release. And now, with the first numbers in from Activision, that seems to have panned out. Modern Warfare has brought in $600 million in, th- in sell-through revenue, that's a, an important distinction to make. That's not shipped. That's sell-through. In its first three days of launch, a figure that echoes back to the glory days of the series to some extent. With that figure comes the following stats and records that Activision is plugging in a new press release. The three-day total represents a larger sell-through than any Call of Duty title during this console generation. It's the top-selling premium game of 2019, meaning a $60 or more game. It's the best digital opening in Activision history. It's the best-selling COD launch on PC ever. It's the most digitally pre-ordered game on PS4 ever. It has sold the most digital copies in three days on PS4 ever. It has more total hours played and total players than any Call of Duty in six years. Ever. And they want to point out. Yeah. (laughs) Ever. And they want to point out that the $600 million opening weekend more than doubled the opening of (laughs) Joker, the movie. Very specific point. (laughs) Yeah, this is Activision's thing, right? Every Uh, year when they do stats for Call of Duty, they always label it an entertainment property, and it's the biggest entertainment property. And we've really seen this shift in video games game releases move from Tuesday to Friday to really kind of capture that box office number um, like statistic that movies so often quote in their marketing materials. And it seems to have worked. It makes sense to me that you would release a game on a Friday to capture people going into the weekend um, instead of releasing it on a Tuesday and having a lot of people have to wait until Friday or Saturday to actually start playing the game because, you know, responsibilities. (laughs) But uh, what do you think, ladies? I think this is, I mean, obviously it's very, very impressive. Not tr- not trying to ding that, but I think as we continue to shift toward digital anyway, obviously I think we're just going to see more and more records be shattered when it comes to the digital front. I've got some numbers from Daniel Ama. I hope I said that right. Z Huge X on Twitter. Because he has also talked about, he compared these numbers to other Call of Duty games. So in the first three days, Black Ops 4, 500 million. World War II, 500 million. 
Black Ops 3, 550 million. Advanced Warfare, no numbers reported. Ghosts, they had no numbers reported. Black Ops 2, 500 million in one day. Modern Warfare 3, 400 million in one day. And Black Ops, 360 million in one day. So, hey. Interesting. So Black Ops 2 really the, being the the kind of more direct comparison here, which I think is fascinating because Black Ops really um, took off after Black Ops 2. Um, and clearly Activision rode that wave all the way through Black Ops 4. But I think a lot of fans were excited about Infinity Ward's return to a more gritty version, like this reboot of Modern Warfare where the series really started for them. And they have a lot of legacy developers who worked on the original title working on the game too. I think that had a lot to do with it as well. And I think from the early review scores that I saw, it got really good you know, early scores. Oh my gosh, cat! What do you want? <laughs> it's the kitty. Hi. Oh, hello, handsome. Aww. Look at that handsome he blubber like, ball. He's this a, is, see, he's this a cow. Is a, he is. He's getting really heavy. I too. can't tell is that a cow or a cat. <laughs> it's the fuzziest cow you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, also worth noting, the only games in history to sell through 600 million in three days have been Red Dead Redemption 2 at 725 million and GTA 5 at 1 billion. <laughs> Gosh, GTA. It's, it's, it's such a like a, a temperature gauge when GTA comes in there and it's like, oh, that's cute. You sold 600 million. We sold a cool billion. Oh, God. <laughs> you thought you were cool. Are you going to play this, Rihanna? I am definitely going to play. I am admittedly a lapsed Call of Duty fan. I played everything up until Black Ops 3 and just sort of lost steam on the franchise. Uh, the clan I played with all sort of split to different consoles and you know people started going to school and getting jobs and you know didn't have time to get our daily or weekly play in but I don't know I think this one's going to pull me back in the idea that I can play with anybody on any system is huge I mean like I said a lot of my friends are still back on Xbox several people have built PCs now and the fact that we can all jump in and play together is a huge selling point it's something that no other game right now that I'm interested in has so they, they may get us. They may get us with this one. Yeah. It looks real good. I'm all about the campaign. I don't hop into multiplayer because I know my eagle will be shot all to hell, just like my <laughs> poor character would be. And uh, I, this campaign looks very, very, very good. And in fact, my dad, I was showing him the trailer, and he's like, I'm going to come over when you play that. He wants to watch me play it. I'm going to play it on baby-ass baby mode, so I look real impressive <laughs> while I'm playing it. <laughs> Can't let down the old man. But yeah. Uh I would love to see either a live stream or a let's play of that happening. Absolutely. Can we make that happen, Britt? Is that something we can do? Possibly. Possibly. It would be a <laughs> shit show. But yeah, let's do it. Harkens back to the blonde nerd videos of yore. Oh, oh. yes. Good old days. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. I know. It's, it's so, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. No, no time for morning, um, Andrea. I know. I, I <laughs> anyway sorry people who are listening are like what's happening um <laughs> rihanna i'm with you in like the the kind of lapse right like this idea that hey i used to really play a lot of call of duty and then i kind of just like fell by the wayside yeah. i think that that's inevitable when you have a game that has yearly releases right it's like really True. tough to keep up particularly if you're into multiplayer unless this is like the only live service or multiplayer game that you do or if it's one of a couple um it's hard to like stay frosty in your skills in cod because it's so twitch based it's so fast the community is so active there's so many people in it 
that like if you want to stay competitive, you really just have to play a lot. Yeah. And I think that was something that was really intimidating for me as somebody who enjoys FPS but was really kind of, you know, kind of taken up, not taken aback, but like off put by how aggressive the PvP community is with COD. <laughs> and so I never really spent too much time with it because it just felt really like, I don't want to use the word toxic because I think that there's a lot of really fantastic communities that play COD, but maybe I just got like the bad luck of the draw. I just got frustrated because dying and respawning, dying and respawning, dying and respawning just never felt fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew it was because I didn't get to spend enough time actually playing and practicing the game. Uh, and that's why I feel like I have so much fun in the Crucible in Destiny, which is another great FPS it's because I play so much Destiny. My, I'm so much more confident in my skills. And I know that if I played as much Call of Duty as I played Destiny, I would probably be a ton better at Call of Duty. <laughs> True. So. But yeah, they, they don't have as many of those open world or shared world things that you can just jump in and play around with your guns in or figure out what loadout you like and you know decide if you really need these perks or you know they don't have as many opportunities in these franchises to explore and really test out your skills so i can see that for sure but it does help if you have people to play with so maybe we should uh, squad up uh, maybe we should start a what's good call of duty clan yeah mm-hmm. i'm sure somebody has already and if you if you have <laughs> let us know um but congrats to activision and to infinity ward on a very impressive um financial launch I'm very much looking forward to completing the campaign. Thank you to Activision for sending us codes over to try it out. Um, hopefully next week on the show, we'll be able to um, to talk about it because my goal is to play through it this weekend. Mm. Yeah. All right. Next up, Brittany, would you like to read this one? I'm going to say no just because <laughs> of my voice. Oh, oh, it kind of hurts good, to talk a good, little bit. Good point. Rihanna, I can read, this, read one. this one. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. So um, EA returns to Steam with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. This comes from Kotaku. For the first time since 2013, PC gamers won't have to open up to Origin to purchase a big new EA release. The publisher returns to Steam on November 15 within, oh, sorry, with the release of Respawn's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. This is the first step in EA's return to Steam, with more games and the EA Access subscription service to follow. EA abandoned Valve's digital game store in 2013 in favor of its own origin digital ecosystem, a move many PC gamers considered annoying and bad. (laughs) That long nightmare finally comes to an end on November 15, with a joint Steam and origin release of the next big Star Wars action game. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has a Steam page, the first EA game steam page since 2013 sims 3 expansion into the future according to the official announcement the new star wars game will be followed in the coming months by older ea releases releases including sims 4 unravel 2 apex legends and battlefield 5 with crossplay between steam and origin for the online games spring will see the launch of the ea access service on steam giving players the ability to subscribe to an expanding lineup of EA PC games. Quote, this is the start of exciting partnership. This is the start of an exciting partnership with Valve that will see us innovating for PC players around the world, said Andrew Wilson, CEO of Electronic Arts, via press release. 
quote, though our subscription great game, sorry, through our subscription great games and more, we're excited to bring players in the Steam and Origin communities together with access to the best games whenever and wherever they want to play. End quote. Huh. Hmm. This is an interesting move. Um, I want to. I want to think that there is some kind of deeper thing at play with Valve here, but I don't think so. Mm-mm. I truly think Valve like does not give a fuck about <laughs> anybody but themselves. <laughs> I think this is EA probably looking at Origin and seeing these smaller numbers compared to a lot of their fellow publishers who are publishing on Steam or even perhaps publishing on Epic Game Store and saying, you know, like, we should be doing bigger PC numbers. And what better way to do that than to go to the biggest PC publishing platform, Steam. Yeah. So I think this is great for gamers. More choice is better. If people like Origin and they want to have their Origin Access premiere, they can keep that. But if they would want to buy the game on Steam, they can do that, too. And they yeah. can all play together. There you go. That's true. Yeah, I think with this whole Epic Game Store slash Steam fiasco that we've seen, it's become very evident that people really do enjoy their Steam their Steam library, their Steam collection. And, you know, it's cool that EA had their own launcher for a bit. And they, they're going to continue to keep it, of course. But I think, it yeah, it just makes sense. Go where the players are. Go where people are probably going to buy your game more. And it makes sense. I mean, it's already on PS4 and Xbox anyway, so just may as well expand it everywhere. Spread your seed. Oh, God, that sounded gross. <laughs> God I mean, damn it. <laughs> uh, if the pillow was closer, I would bring it, yep. but it's over Same. there. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm with you that it's. I think it's, um, it's smart of them. I mean, if you think about even if EA has to pay Steam's cut, which is like 30%, right? It's also very possible that EA custom negotiated a deal with steam and valve which sometimes i've heard whispers that valve will do custom deals for really big publishers to get better split rates to publish on their platforms um i don't have any hard evidence for that anecdotal only um (laughs) but like a publisher like ea who is the biggest publisher in the world like they have been for a long time and, and continue to be um i would guess wants that revenue versus nothing. So they would take, let's say they made the standard deal of like 70, 30, 70% of sales is better than 0%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of, of sales not happening on Steam. So this was smart. Um, we did get um, a piece of reader mail about this specifically. Um, and I didn't write your name down. Anonymous reader asks us, no, but it wasn't anonymous. Let me. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you'll pull it up and I'll read it in a voice that's very annoying. <clears throat> now that EA has announced that they are returning to Steam, starting with Star Wars Fallen Order, will The Sims 4 or any of their games get Workshop mod support? If so, will you be able to use Steam Workshop with a game you originally purchased on Origin, or will you have to rebuy a Steam version? So this is from Rashad. Sorry, I think Rashad. This is. This is is a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't have answers, but I could speculate that I would imagine that there will be workshop and mod support at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of these games have mods anyway, like Sims already has mods available, right? Um, And so because Steam has a more, you know, like set up distinct pipeline for mod support, I think that it only makes sense that like EA games will get that. Um, when it comes to, you know, will you be able to use Steam Workshop with games you originally purchased on Origin? I would guess no. 
I would guess that it doesn't, it's not retroactive that only games going forward would have Steam functionality uh, instead of games going backwards. But it would be really cool if they implemented something like that. But I, I wouldn't hold your breath. I think that you're going to have to rebuy a Steam version. But good news Steam sales are coming up. Holiday sales are almost here. Hey. Maybe EA's going to do a big bundle of all their old games on Steam. Who could say? I would imagine they would. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Everybody does. Steam sales. Yeah. Steam yeah. Sales. Speaking of EA, our next story. EA's CEO says big changes in lineup additions in store over the next couple of years. This write-up comes from VentureBeat. Uh, Andrew Wilson said in an analyst call this week that the massive game publisher is planning to expand its lineup of titles in the next couple of years. Shocking. Shocker. <laughs> Wilson said on the call that EA had decided to propose, postpone its NBA Live game for the fiscal year that ends on March 31st, 2020. Instead, EA is working on the NBA and NBA Players Association to create a game for the new video game consoles in the year ending March 30th, 2021. So that, of course, means Xbox's unnamed console <laughs> and PlayStation 5. He also said that, and potentially Stadia as well, he also said that it will not ship a new Battlefield game in the fiscal year ending March 30th, 20, 31st, 2021, and that the title will ship in fiscal year 2022, meaning by March 31st, 2022, that was, uh, wait, hold on. Okay, sorry. Fiscal years are confusing. They, they really are. <laughs> This was the first time that EA mentioned a new Battlefield game, but judging from the reaction, outside observers apparently expected such a game to come sooner. Um, if you look at the past, I'm just taking an aside for a second. If you look at the past releases for Battlefield games, they do come about every two years or so. Yeah. But it's, it's no surprise after what happened with the previous Battlefield, Battlefield Five, that they would want to take a little break, maybe. Retool some stuff. Just regroup. Yeah, pull a Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah, Delay all your Get shit. <laughs> yeah, give DICE some time to catch up, you know? Let them let them simmer a little bit more. These announcements evidently led the stock price to slide in after-hours trading after initially rising after the earnings came out. EA's share price fell 3.6% to 91 a share in the after-hours trading. Apex Legends, another game that EA makes, has 70 million players, they reported, and the new Season 3 map and Halloween event are proving to be very popular. Average weekly player peaks are significantly above Season 2 and Season 3 of Apex Legends. Both Apex Legends and The Sims 4 are modeled for sales of $300 million to $400 million for the fiscal year ending on March 31st, 2020, Jorgensen said. That's pretty impressive. Money. Man, I'm, I mean, yeah. man. <laughs> I'm not surprised Apex is doing that. But man, The Sims 4 hanging in there. Yeah. Also, if you guys missed our fantastic interview with Lindsay Pearson from last week talking about Discovery University, the new expansion coming out, go back and watch it. Mm -hmm. It's good. Mm -hmm. Continuing on from the call, Wilson said EA is expanding Apex Legend onto mobile, new platforms, and new geographies, as well as launching into Apex competitive an apex competitive gaming program. I mean, esports was inevitable. Right. Um, EA has launched its much anticipated. Oh, excuse me. Will launch its <laughs> much anticipated Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on November fifteenth. Uh, Battlefield Five will see an expansion into Pacific Theater of World War Two. And Jorgensen said that EA was modeling sales of six million to eight million copies for Fallen Order. Mm. I think that that's being conservative. Mm. Yeah. If this game is as good as it looked when I played it at the preview event. 
I imagine it'll do far more because it's Star Wars. And it's a single-player action adventure that has no multiplayer component, no microtransactions, nada. I'm like crossing my fingers and hoping against hope. This is the game we want to do and far exceed those expectations, right? Single-player story-driven games aren't dead. You know, that stupid cliche things that people say. But yeah, like this is the kind of game you want to support with, with with your dollars. And maybe you have some beef with EA in the past, but let it go. As one Disney character. Is that, was she Disney? Yeah, Disney character. Yeah, she's go. Yes. Supports the goodness of single player games. Also, I believe in Respawn. I oh, think those are good people. Yeah. I think they make great games. I want it to be good. Please be good. Please be good. <laughs> Continuing on. Let me see here the rest of this. Um, they talk a little bit about the virtual reality game from, from Respawn, Medal of Honor, above and beyond. It's shipping. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh. Dragon Age 4, a little snippet from Eurogamer. According to EA's most recent earning counts, a call, it sounds like Bioware's next installment of Dragon Age won't be released for at least another two years. (laughs) During the call, EA's chief financial officer, Blake Jorgensen, who we've already been talking about, so the game probably comes after fiscal 22. This means the earliest we might see Dragon Age 4 is April 2022, the start of the following fiscal year. Yikes, it's so far away. So that comes from Eurogamer. I know, it is far away. And it's like, I want to be sad, but I don't want to be sad at the same time. We know the development of Dragon Age 4 has kind of been a shit show. Um, it was scrapped at one point, and then resources kind of went to Anthem, and we all know how kind of how that went. Yeah. But uh, wah, wah. And it's, it's crazy to think that last year we got that the Dreadwolf Rises tease. Remember that? It was just like a little snippet. At the during, Game Awards. Yeah, the Game yeah. Awards. Yeah, and uh, oh, yeah. Right. Right? This game ain't coming for a while, but that's okay. I feel... I Dragon Age is like the one sacred thing to me. That if this gets botched and butchered and just isn't treated right. If you don't treat my baby fairly, we will have issues. You know, yeah. We've had our ups and downs already, but like we will have issues. So, okay. Do your thing. Let's see that old Bioware glory. And, uh, yeah. That's how I feel. I think Bioware has so much to prove... With Dragon Age 4 or whatever Mm -hmm. the official title is. I believe Mark Darrow already confirmed that it's Dragon Age 4. But I want to believe that they can stick the landing on this um, in the wake of people, you know, railing against Anthem, railing against Mass Effect Andromeda, which for the record was a good game. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it was no Mass Effect 2, one of the best games ever created, but I still thoroughly enjoyed Andromeda. Me too. Um, but I think that all eyes are on them. How do you feel about Bioware, Rihanna? I feel I have mixed feelings about Bioware. I haven't played Mass Effect Andromeda. I de- obviously didn't play Anthem. I'm sorry, Andrea. Um, you didn't play it at all? <laughs> no. Well, so I live with somebody who played with it a lot and actually got to Endgame, but hated it the whole time. So, <laughs> oh no, I hated it the whole time. So it, it definitely didn't inspire me to buy a second copy for the house. I'm, I mean, yeah, I guess if if my partner was like, "Yo, this game sucks," I wouldn't play it either. Yeah, that's so that's so sad to me because I it had so much promise, like the flight mechanics, the javelins, it all looked so cool, and like they made some substantial updates post launch, but it was definitely too little too late, right? Like they should have delayed the game. They should have fixed all those things and then just delayed it or launched an early access and then had an official retail launch like this fall. 
or next spring. And then I think, I think that game could have been saved. And, and I think people knew that and they wanted more time and they didn't have it. And so they did the best they could with what they needed to do. And, and obviously you can't ever fault developers for making it work, but I don't even know what I expect from the next Bioware property. Honestly, Uh, I feel like they're almost starting from square one with me and it's sad, but I, I, I feel like they have everything to prove at this point. Yeah. I, yeah. Isn't that yeah. sad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy? And and it's like, I know the team is still so insanely talented, and I know they can do it. I think just reasonable expectations, a healthier work environment based on some of the things that we've read, you know, let them grow and foster. Let them be like the organic free-range chickens that go out and make the best eggs possible. What am I talking about? <laughs> I mean, everybody needs some fresh air, Britt. Wow. <laughs> Including me. I've been fucking holed up in my house since I got back from Fiargo because I've been oh sick. Oh, my God. I think I'm... I think Don't I'm pretend crazy. like you didn't enjoy festering. You know you did. I mean, I kind of did, but I'm starting to compare bio developers to free-range chickens, Andrea. I think there's something okay. wrong. You're right. Maybe you should drink Try- more water and go for a, a short walk. Open just the to blinds. Get a, Maybe. Just to get outside. <laughs> Oh no. Anyway, but, yeah, we'll all keep our fingers crossed. Oh, sorry, but I think it's good that, you know, they have clearly a lot of time. And I hope that EA learned their lesson with Anthem and said and will say, Hey, take your time. Yes. Make sure it's right. Make it good. Look at some of these other massive, massive publishers and developers who are delaying to make the game right, like we saw The Last of Us Part Two delayed uh to May. Right, and so, Ubisoft's like entire lineup has been <laughs> delayed after. Yeah, yeah. So it's important. It's important yeah. to make sure the game is good. There's just way too much competition now to put out a game that's broken or half cooked. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. um, okay, let's move on. Xbox All Access lets users upgrade their Xbox One X to Project Scarlet. This write-up comes from IGN. Microsoft has announced a new plan that would allow prospective Xbox owners to lease a new Xbox One X console that they can then upgrade to a Project Scarlet when it comes out. It's called Xbox All Access, and here's how it works. Essentially, Xbox All Access is a subscription service where members can make a monthly payment and pay off a new Xbox One X or an Xbox One S console in about two years. Essentially, like a lease. The monthly fee is different depending on the type of Xbox you choose to purchase, Avi. Prices range from $19.99 a month for an Xbox One S All Digital to $30.99 for an Xbox One X. Microsoft previously announced the All Access service, but it now comes with the added option of upgrading to a Project Scarlet when it comes out in holiday 2020. Britt added a note that all plans include 24 months of Game Pass Ultimate which is huge. Mm. To do so, all Access subscribers will need to sign up for the program before December 31st, 2019. Then they'll get the opportunity to upgrade their Xbox One X to a Project Scarlet after 12 successful payments. For Xbox One S or Xbox One S All Digital Editions, they'll need to make 18 months of payments for being able to upgrade. Microsoft is making flexibility a major part of their console ecosystem thanks to subscription services like All Access and Xbox Game Pass. While not unlike a phone plan, the Xbox All Access plan is different in that it's not a rent-to-own payment plan. Instead, prospective members need to be approved by Microsoft's credit partners to qualify for All Access. Now, that is the one hitch on this that I'm kind of disappointed about. Hmm. So I think that this is a really interesting 
story from a variety of angles. First, it means that the hardware isn't going to dramatically change between this generation and next generation, that the major components are going to be digital, which I think is wild to speculate about. Second, I hate that they're making people apply to Microsoft's credit partners to qualify because there are way too many <laughs> predatory creditors out there. And I'm not saying that Microsoft's partners are predatory, but nobody needs another line of credit just to play an Xbox. That part is a bummer to me. And so, I wish that they hadn't made that a thing. So just for a little more info on that, monthly payments are done through a citizen's one line of credit. Quote, there are no application fees, no annual fees, no late fees, nor early repayment fees for your citizens one line of credit for Xbox All Access. However, late payments may be reported to the credit bureaus. And then, obviously, if you do want to upgrade, you'll have to trade in all products included in your original Xbox All Access purchase, including the Xbox One console, controller, and power cord. Products must be in good condition to be eligible. If you're upgrading online, you'll receive a special kit in the mail, allowing you to trade these in within 15 days of upgrading. And if you upgrade from an Xbox One SAD edition, you have to pay an additional $20 upgrade fee. So maybe I was confused. So you do have to get all new hardware. Yes. Yeah, you have, okay. to, yeah, yeah, you have, to, you have to send it all in. Well, that makes me feel a lot better yeah. about it. I wish you would have told me that at the beginning before I made such a grave error, Brittany. You know what? I'm, I'm in on my own little world of organic grazing chickens right now, Andrea. Just, <laughs> okay. I'm a little slow. Um, okay, so that, that's different. However, I'm still like bummed about the credit line thing um but this is i think this is an interesting example of microsoft taking hardware sales into their own hands instead of relying on their brick and mortar retail partners and saying we're going to incentivize you to buy project scarlet from us through this internal upgrade program instead of using a partner like gamestop for example which routinely does new console generation upgrade programs rihanna what do you think about it yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point. It's essentially taking 100% of that business away from the brick-and-mortar stores. And GameStop, we know it's on its last legs, but oh, wow. even mom-and-pop shops or, you know, rental stores, like, it, it just takes away their entire revenue stream as far as hardware goes. And, and I think that's a smart move <clears throat> on their part, but it is a little disappointing just to see this piece of the industry sort of die out in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. It's the future, um, man. It is. It's the future. <laughs> we don't own anything anymore. We just rent it from everybody. Yeah. And I mean, granted, if you can pay for everything up front, like that's obviously, you know, more bang for your buck. But I think this is a great option if, you know, this is all you got. If this is your option and you can take it, cool. I mean, it's a lot more manageable to spend 20 bucks a month for a lot of people rather than an up. But cross them. I don't know how much this would cost, like seven hundred something. If you, if you count in like the game pass and whatnot separately, but definitely ma- math is hard. I'm not going to try to do that right now. I I just wish <laughs> that they would also offer an option to do a lump sum payment at the end. So like, let's say I just put you know twenty dollars in a jar at my house, and that way I don't have to work with a financial institution. To do this, I don't have to worry about late fees if, mm. or I don't have to worry. Excuse me. You said there was no late fees. I don't have to worry about missed payments being record, reported back to the credit bureaus, which can have a, a severe negative impact on your credit score. Um, even if you just missed one payment, if it's reported in a specific way, it can ding your score by 
a ton of points, which can affect you in a variety of different ways. You know, like to me, like it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm just more sensitive about things dealing with credit <laughs> and having people work with creditors than I, uh, than the average Joe is. I know a lot of people like to sign up for credit cards at their local retail stores and here and here. And there's always these credit offers. And I'm just like, don't get too many lines of open credit. It's bad for the credit score. Um, <laughs> oh, here's some but, more info. Um, in the United States, Xbox All Access will be handled through Amazon starting November 18th, 2019. Oh, no. In really? The, in the UK, it's Game In Store and Smith's Toys Online. And in Australia, it's Tel- Telstra. Thanks. Amazon? Well, what? Well, you know, it's a thing. I've had nothing but bad experiences with gaming products on Amazon. They either cancel my orders, they ship late, they get delayed. Ugh. Oh, she's not happy. She's crossing the arms. Real upset right there. The cat's looking agitated. The cat's like, what are you doing? Why are you so mad? So I guess the worst thing, let's say you get this Xbox and you're like, yeah, this is cool. And then you just don't make your payments. I guess your credit history just kind of goes down the tube, but you still have your Xbox. They're not going to like come to your house and be like, hey. But I imagine they would cancel your Game Pass, so you wouldn't have access to anything that you didn't buy. I'd imagine, right? yeah. That's true. Interesting. Well, I mean, that makes sense. If you're not making the payments, you don't get the services, right? <laughs> like, of course <laughs> not. I'm just thinking, um, so yeah, how would it... Anyway, I'm trying... Yeah, math is hard. This isn't even math. This is, like, <laughs> logistics. Okay. So you have your Xbox, and the Game Pass is linked to your account. If you miss your payment, assuming that part of that payment is toward the they would just cancel everything outright probably hmm. yeah okay. to me the this doesn't make sense for anything except the xbox one x like do not do this for a sad edition like i also already i just like i also just hate the sad edition and that it exists um <laughs> i i do i i think it's a, i think it's dumb i think it's a dumb skew i said that when they announced it that i think it's stupid um but like <laughs> <laughs> we're at the end. We're at the end of the generation. If you're going to buy a new Xbox now, get the Xbox One X. Do this program and then trade it in, or wait it out, man. It's coming next year. Yeah, it's just some of these some of these marketing decisions. I would love to be a fly on the wall of the boardroom where the the people around the table were like, okay. I've got this great idea, you guys. Here's how it's going to go. Is she frozen for you, Rihanna? No. Oh, she's frozen for me, and she's making the best face possible. Okay, take a screenshot. No, nobody's frozen in my window, thankfully. Dang it, I missed Um, it. And I feel feel bad because, like, I know that I'm I'm being kind of sassy about this right now um and i love i have a ton of friends who work in the marketing team at xbox and i love you guys i really do (laughs) um i just maybe i'm missing like the the win here maybe one of you can be like but andrea why didn't you think about it this way instead honestly i don't see it and i (laughs) don't get why you have to sign up by the end of this year when it doesn't come out until the end of next year. It, I think I, it's because they want to make sure you make all of the payments. So if you make a year's <laughs> worth of payments, then maybe... I mean, I don't know. That's the only correlation I could draw is if you start by December 31st, in theory, it will be out this time next that time next year when you've made all of your payments and maybe then they can justify. Because then you put how much money into it and then they're like, okay, yeah. here's like the... I mean... But who's doing that? Like, real, real honestly, who is going to do that? 
who pays a year for a car that they can't drive until 2020? Holiday I mean, there 2020. Are, lay, layaway programs have been popular for a long time. They're not as popular now with online shopping yeah. as they were before the advent of online shopping, right? The idea that you put a little bit down and you pay and you pay and then once you're ready to pay it off, you can pick it up. But I think that they should have at least extended it to January, even if it meant that they would add an additional fee if you sign up in January because January is such a popular month for people to spend gift cards and gifts and money that they got as holiday presents. Mm -hmm. And so if you think, oh, hey, I got, you know, maybe I got like a $100 gift from my parents or whatever for Christmas that I can then, but you don't know what you want and you wait until January to, to spend it. Or give the option for people to pay the back pay, like if they wanted to do it later in the year. I get the whole thing just is like a head scratcher to me. Yeah, I think we need someone who uses this and can benefit from it to let us know why it works for you and why it's ideal for you. Because clearly, you know, we're not totally understanding it. No, I don't see it. We just need to see the light. Someone show us the light. Show us the show way. us the light, please. Contact at whatsgoodgames.com. Write us. Let us know. <laughs> Yeah. We'll read it on the show next week. We'll be like, we were wrong. This person explained it all to us, and it yep. makes sense now. That's what we need. Um, okay, moving on. Rihanna, you want to read this one? Yeah, sure. So um, PS4 is now the second best-selling console ever. This story comes from GameSpot and says, Sony has detailed its financial results for Q2 2019, which is the three months ending September 30th. And revealed the PlayStation 4 has shipped 2.8 million units worldwide in this time frame. This figure is slightly down from Q1 2019, when the console shipped 3.2 million units. However, the figure is enough to make the PS4 the second best-selling console of all time. As confirmed in July 2019, the PS4 reached 100 million units shipped milestone, and combined with the numbers from Q2 of 2019, that brings it to the total of 102.8 million units, with the number from Q2, sorry, million units, edging the PS4 past the performance of the original PlayStation. However, the PlayStation 2 still remains the best-selling console of all time, with over 150 million units. Oh, boy. So here's the top five consoles home consoles obviously handhelds aren't included in this so ps2 is at 155 million ps4 102.8 ps1 102.4 the wii at 101.6 and the ps3 at 87.3 ps there's a lot of ps in that top five there's yeah four out of five are playstation consoles one three one two three and four that's crazy in the wii that is wild (laughs) Well, congratulations, PlayStation. That's fantastic news. It's always uh, interesting to see. um, I'm trying to see how many units Xbox 360 sold. I don't think, I don't know if, I think it's just estimates. I don't think Microsoft ever officially said. Yeah, in June 2014, Microsoft reported it had shipped 84 million 360. No. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think it's just interesting because I remember those those eras, that that era, that bygone time, when it was kind of, the, the general consensus was Xbox 360 dominated that generation, right? That, that was the console. And then I think we all forget that PS3 came out on top, man. Eventually. Yeah. They had a resurgence at the end of the console generation where they fixed a lot of the things that were kind of broken about their um, their platform and like their UI and the online infrastructure at the beginning of the generation. You know, and then we got games, you know, like Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us and some things at the very end of that generation. Um, 
that I think really helped them surge. Um, And again, we don't have like complete details because Microsoft has openly said, we don't care. We don't care about sales numbers. We're not going to report sales numbers. It's not important to our business plan, but (laughs) it would be if you're on top though. (laughs) Right. You kind of feel like if you were number one, you'd want to be like, we're number one. We're number one. (laughs) But um, this is, this is super impressive. There was like some talk and speculation when I was at kind of funny um, when I was doing games daily with Tim and somebody had written in and was like, oh, do you think the PS4 will ever be able to overtake the PS2? And both of us were definitively like, no. No. There's just no way. There's way too much competition now. The PS2 was like lightning in a bottle, mostly because of that DVD player. Oh, that a lot of people bought. best. Yeah, bought PS2s for the DVD player. So I would be shocked if the PS4 even got close to overcoming the PS2, and I firmly believe that they never will, especially yeah. since PS5 is coming next year. Yeah, I will literally like take a corner of my shorts and eat them. If it <laughs> nothing that's corner? gonna kill me, yeah, like, I, I would say I'll eat my shorts, but I don't want to eat a whole pair of shorts. Like I'll eat like a little corner of shorts, you know. <laughs> I don't want to like kill myself over this, but I I firmly believe. <laughs> Please don't, Brittany. I need you. Don't eat your shorts. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't want to die, but yeah, I mean, with PS5 coming soon too, it's. It's just going to slowly trickle down, but that's okay. That's a very impressive yeah. number. You did yeah. Good. Exactly. So congrats. Congratulations. Um, also, some more Sony news. Uh, we have a couple of Sony stories here. I'm going to kind of run through them since this segment is going a little long. Uh, Sony is shutting down its live TV service, PlayStation View, in January 2020. Right. Sony was looking for a buyer for the service, says The Verge, which has continually lost money for the company since its launch in March of 2015. No surprise there. <laughs> Sony has repeatedly raised the price of View to offset its rising costs, most recently by $5 across all plans back in July. Unfortunately, the highly competitive pay TV industry with expensive content and network deals has been slower to change than we expected. Because of this, we have decided to remain focused on our core gaming business, so he said in a blog post announcing the shutdown. Um, and, wow, such a surprise, Sony trademarked PS6 through PS10, writes Brittany. That's it. That's the story. They trademarked PlayStation 6 through PlayStation 10. Obviously, duh. This is obviously duh. Oh, no, it's always funny <laughs> to see people like, oh my God. I mean, Grant, like, I, I'm a hype machine. I get all excited to you, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the PS4 and PS5 were trademarked in like 2005 or 2006. And that was like a very long time ago. So it's like, They're this isn't PC, yeah. out of the ordinary. But my God, do you think we'll still be around when there's a PlayStation 10? God, I hope so. <laughs> so that's okay. So we're on PlayStation 5. So let's say how many years for each console cycle, at the, you know, after next year? Well, they're getting shorter and yeah. shorter, so it's three? hard to predict, but I would guess five to five, seven five per to, console. Okay. Let's say five. So we have five. So that's 25 more years. Okay, yeah, we'll be around. We're not that old. I mean, they might yeah. as well just grab 11 through 50. Why I know. It? That's what I'm saying. I'll I mean, their it. lawyers can afford it. <laughs> might as well. <laughs> PlayStation 10. We're going to be uh, in no, like but- our 60s and 50s and be talking about that on What's Good Games. <laughs> exactly and like listen playstation 15 the entire world will be underwater so don't <laughs> maybe don't do that one what, what? <laughs> listen our water world future is going to happen it's okay <laughs> i'm here for it water no, resistant you just want the seal bandos in your life andrea uh, of course i do 
Um, and I threw this last story on here just to give it a, a little shout out because I think it's a really cool story mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. came from Xbox Wire this week. Ninja Theory has announced the Insight Project, Gaming the Mind to Master Mental Health. So this write-up comes from the Xbox Wire. Um, they announced Insight Project, an innovative R&D project, and Ninja Theory that they have grand ambitions for. In 2017, Ninja Theory released Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice on PlayStation and PC platforms, and later to Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Virtual Reality. It was headed by Tamin Antonides, a co-founder and the creative director at Ninja Theory, under the guidance of Paul Fletcher, psychiatrist and professor of health neuroscience at the University of Cambridge. The game received universal acclaim for its depiction of a warrior with severe mental health issues and was described by welcome as the best representation of psychosis in any media it went on to win widespread acclaim a bunch of awards and after its release tamim and paul have continued discussions on how games can go beyond representing mental illness and, and distress and how they play a role in promoting mental well-being These discussions have resulted in the Insight Project, an ambitious combination of technology, game design, and clinical neuroscience brought together with the aim of generating strategies to alleviate mental distress. The Insight Project will take shape over the next several years, but it's being announced early to encourage an open and transparent approach to its development. It is an exploratory but experimentally guided project that aims to deliver a mainstream solution to help treat mental suffering and encourage mental well-being. They plan a program of gaming, technological, and scientific development that will lead to self-contained, individualized, and absorbing game experiences within which people can become an expert at recognizing, responding to, and ultimately controlling their own fear, anxiety, and other negative subjective experience. The work will be underpinned by rigorous scientific principles to ensure its effectiveness and validity and will adhere to strict standards of ethics and data management. This approach will be widely and conveniently applicable, flexible to the needs of the individual, and critically enjoyable and absorbing in ways that will ensure enthusiastic engagement leading to market and sustainable change wow they really got a communications professional to write this for them that's a lot of 50 cent words our goal is to create and inspire a movement and help mental health treatment to go mainstream we hope you'll join us on this exciting journey very cool very very cool that's awesome Good job. Yeah. Yay. Hooray to mental health. Awareness. Just another shout out to TakeThis.org, a charity we have done a lot of work with that also focuses on making sure people have the resources they need to cope with and deal with any of the mental issues they may be facing. It's good to see a company like Xbox and a developer like Ninja Theory jumping into the fray and saying, we want to make things better for people. Let's do something backed by science, infused with game innovation. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It really is. Okay. And that's going to do it for our news segment for this week. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. It's kind of a weird selection (laughs) this week. It really is. Stick stick with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the What's Good Games podcast. This is the segment where Brittany laughs the whole time. I'm trying not to laugh because if I laugh, I'll start coughing and then everyone's ears will bleed and then we'll get sued. And I guess that's why we oh. have insurance on the company. Escalated. <laughs> but let's not hope that happens. Um, this is where we talk about what we've been playing. And this week is brought to you by Patreon.com slash What's Good Games. We've already told you how great it is to be part of our Patreon community. And if you sign up, we'll give you a shout-out on the show next week just for signing up. We've got an ad-free tier. We've got a tier where you get fantastic 
postcards handwritten by us. We've got a tier where you can get autographed photos. And we've got our entry-level tier for just 2 bucks a month. It gives you access to those vlogs, the stream, a whole bunch of stuff. Check it out. Patreon.com slash What's Good Games. So Brittany and I have been playing Death Stranding. Copies of Death Stranding have been provided by Sony Interactive Entertainment. I need to make that clear right up front. However, neither of us has been able to finish Death Stranding because it is an incredibly long game. <laughs> and because of that, we are holding our impressions of Death Stranding until next week. We know that the review embargo lifted today, uh, the day the podcast is out. But um, and I'm just as anxious as you guys are to read the reviews. Uh-huh. But they put a lot of stipulations on what they would like us to accomplish in the game before talking about it. And so we want to do our due diligence, not only to Sony for thanking them for providing us with pre-release codes, but also to you guys to give, make sure that we're giving you the most accurate uh, impressions of the game. So, unfortunately... We will not be talking about Death Stranding on the show this week, other than to say, whoa. That's it. Whoa. Just whoa. (laughs) Just wow. Keanu Reeves, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. No, it's more like a Joey Lawrence, whoa. My bad. Uh, That's a Deep Cuts reference right there. I don't know Um, Okay. So look forward to that next week. And then um, we hope once Steimer is back from her trip and we've given everybody ample time to play... So potentially December or maybe even January, depending on how our schedules go because of holidays and stuff, we want to do a spoiler cast because boy, oh boy, is there a lot of narrative happening in this game. Mm. Um, So that said, look forward to next week and Britt and I will be talking about our impressions of Death Stranding. We're actually home, Andrea. We're actually home where we can actually play it. I'm so excited. I know. As long as these fires don't make me evacuate. Oh, God. Okay, no, cross your fingers. No, no. <laughs> we broke we broke ground on the new studio today, and I'm so excited. And then I got all these notifications being like, "Oh my gosh, do you have to evacuate?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, maybe." <laughs> do I? I don't know. So far, so good. So far, we're okay. We're in the clear. the The fantastic LA Fire Department is doing their job. They've got literally thousands of firefighters out trying to save people's homes and save property and save people's lives. So. Um, Round of applause to all the brave men and women on the front lines. Yeah. Not just here, but in North Cal, everywhere. Everywhere there's a fire. We appreciate the firefighters. All right. I got no positive reinforcement. No, that was a great song. I got nothing for that. I was mid-sip on my my beverage here that... I'm using in your cup. Thank you for letting me borrow You're it. Welcome. You're welcome. I was just um, taking it in. And okay. I didn't get a chance to react. You were correct. Your song was lovely. Your sentiment was well appreciated. You are the best. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Video games are great. Yes. Yes. So video games are great. Uh, speaking of video games, we oh. have... Pl- Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is why I keep... Um, Andrea, this is why we keep getting one-star reviews. Is because you keep looking at things <laughs> that aren't in your camera, like your cat, and um, you need to stop. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll do better next time, Britt. 
Um, so Brett and I have been playing more of the Outer Worlds, but before we talk about that, I want to hear from Miss Rihanna about After Party. Uh, yeah. After so party. this is a game that we were super excited for. We've talked about it on the show several times. It's from Night School, um, this really fantastic uh, team of devs who we've gotten to meet and interview a couple of times in their preview coverage of the game. It features friend of the show, uh, Janina Gavankar, um, and a bunch of other fantastic voice actors as well. Um, so, Rihanna, are you loving it? Are you hating it? Tell us all about After Party. I'm loving After Party. So, I've played maybe five-ish hours so far. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm just looking at it. The funny part is that they can't see it because I have the shot cropped. Oh. <laughs> Can you see his paws? Yes. yes, that's why I'm cracking up. He's like mop. He's oh trying to play the So this is what he does even when we're all just hanging out doing our shoots or whatnot. He'll just like walk up, even does it to Simon and I. He'll just walk up and like like Mufasa like your leg, you know, like he's getting ready to like fall off the cliff into the herd of wildebeest. Anyway, it's it's really cute. And it's startling as hell. And he will not give up until you give him the attention he wants. And that's yeah. that. Sorry. The okay. Cutest. After party. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> after party. I'm loving after party. I've played, uh, like I said, about four or five hours so far. Um, and for those who don't know, after party is, I guess, a side scrolling. It's a game where you're talking to people, you're making decisions, and you play as two different characters, Milo and Lola. And essentially, you're in hell you figure out that there is a loophole that maybe can get you back to Earth, and it's only if you can outdrink Satan. <laughs> so the premise obviously lends itself to a lot of comedy, and it's very irreverent. Um, do not play this one around the kiddos. It is not for children. <laughs> but um, it's really interesting in the mechanics that they, they play around with. So the idea, the essential game loop, is you go up to a bar, you get a drink, you figure out which one you want to take... They, different drinks give you different types of extra dialogue options. And then you play out a little scene and try to figure out what someone wants or get somebody's on your side or convince someone to give up something that you need. And, you know, then you move on to the next challenge. And it's a very fun loop in obviously dialogue trees and making decisions between what somebody wants versus what you are able to give them is always a fun little adventure game loop but the additional twist of getting drunk before you do it is just really fun <laughs> and uh the writing is super clever the voice acting is fantastic and it even has a lot of like in-world notifications pop up sort of like uh like in persona 5 or even in city skylines where you can see people reacting to what's going on in the world around you ah. and they'll even comment on what you're doing if they're you know overlooking or listening into your your conversation. So it, it's a very clever game, and I'm having a lot of fun just figuring out the additional lore behind this world that they've built. Hell. So do I, because I think, was, was I with you, Andrea, when we played this? Yeah. Okay. We were at the idea at Xbox event at GDC, I think, when we played it the first time. Wow, that was a while ago. Uh, so if you have certain drinks, it gives you certain buffs, right? Does it, like, up, like your flirt, flirt, flirtation game? Is that, okay. So yeah, cool. so there'll be like a flirtier drink or there'll be a drink. There's one where it it helps you quip in like an old English voice. Oh my like God, that amazing. is the drink. Like you just start making Because isn't there one that strange makes you talk like a pirate? I think there's a pirate one. I haven't seen that yet, but I, I do remember seeing that in a preview or 
commercial, but it, they mix it up at every different bar. So each time you go to a new bar, there's some new drink options. And there's always usually like a liquid courage version of, you know, this just gives you some additional bravado. But then they have an additional twist where depending on which character you are, you can flirt with certain people and they really like it or they really don't like it. And it's just fun to play around with those different mechanics. And I'm really so looking like forward real to life. replaying it. Yeah. <laughs> like real life. Just like real life. <laughs> so are there any consequences to pissing people off? Like any permanent consequences i haven't found any yet i don't think i've gotten anything wrong so far look at you overachiever i mean i I, uh, i'm pretty okay well you know (laughs) (laughs) no but um i I know that there are some obviously challenges that you can fail but i think it allows you to progress regardless Mm. there is a second sort of layer of what's going on that i won't spoil for people who are interested in going in a little more blind that um, will reflect your choices and maybe some of the wrong choices you've made. And I'm not exactly sure how that plays out yet, but it's really interesting to see how the game reacts to what you do. Uh, I'm so excited to play this. I know, me too. And it's really good on remote play. I've been playing on my phone today from the living room over here in the office, and it's actually pretty decent. Say what? You're using the PlayStation remote play app on iOS? Or no, you've got an Android. Yeah, Mm. I use it on Android. There's nothing wrong with that. You you can you can be an Android user and be proud. There's more of you than us. It's it's fine. Um, um, okay, cool. It's good to know that it works. I honestly have never tried the remote play app before. I know that they released the iOS version a while back um, because Android got it first, but yeah. I have never actually attempted to try it. This is a good one for it. Um, I mean, all you're really doing is moving back and forth and then occasionally using a trigger in X square and circle. <laughs> Sorry, cross square and circle. No, it's an X. It's okay <laughs> to say X. Oh, yeah. Oh. I cross. just want this to come to Switch. I mean, I'll play it Same. on the big screen, no problem. But, man, it just seems like the perfect like Switch game. Like, you're playing on your phone, you know. Absolutely. I think a lot of people have been requesting that. They did say that they are working on a Switch version that mm-hmm. is happening next year. I don't believe we have a release window or a date. Let's see. But this... they've definitely announced that they're working on it. Anticipated After Party will be released on October 29th. Details, oh, details about Nintendo Switch are expected in the next few months. And that article is like a month old, so. Yeah. So no, this new. would this would be a great candidate for Switch and very similar to Ori in the Bind Forest. I can see myself just playing it again when it yeah. comes out. It, I'll be a few months out. It'll be a little bit more fresh again. I, I'm definitely planning to replay this whenever it comes to the handheld. Because you can choose different conversation options, right? Absolutely. And you can play as different people through whole sections of the game. So you could play everything through as Milo. Not, oh. Maybe not everything, but yeah. a lot of the choices you can just go along with Milo, or you could switch over to Lola and play the same section of the game through Lola. And the actual game system has several different save slots, so you can try replaying something as soon oh, as you perfect. finish it. Do you know how long the game is? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm trying to find out. I think I'm about halfway through, based on some of the dialogue of the characters. So I would say somewhere between like 10 and 12 at okay. the most. Yeah. That sounds fine, though. Yeah. Sounds like a fun, chill game just to, you know, laugh at. That doesn't take it itself is. too seriously. Yeah, and it's only 20 bucks. so... Yeah. And is this part of Game Pass? I th- I thought it was. I, I thought it was, too. Yeah, let me... Yes. 
So Boom. Game Pass got this and Outer Worlds. Yeah, oh, Game Pass. Oh. I, I mean, if I, that I, I isn't gotta, a ringing endorsement. I gotta, like, own up. Back in the day, I gave Game Pass some shit because it was off to a rocky launch. But Game Pass, you have redeemed yourself over and over again. You do good work. I apologize. You... I mean, I don't think you need to apologize. It was rough in the beginning. I think <laughs> I, they've just brought the goods now. But, like, the people who were paying for it back then, you know, unless you there was a giant backlog of old legacy games you wanted to play, like, the new releases weren't really, you know... It didn't bode well. Yeah. I, I think we all were nervous about what was happening, but I think that they've brought it back around. And now that we know that all of these, uh, you know, Xbox Game Studios developers are going to be on game pass like when i found out the outer worlds was going to be day and date on game pass to me that was huge and so i thought that that was a really great indication of where microsoft's commitment to game pass is going and even games like smaller games like after party i think that it's awesome and it's a great value for people to be able to get game pass um Mm -hmm. it's interesting that we're talking about game pass because i had somebody write in to us at contest at what's good games.com and say, let me pull this email up. She's pulling up the email. Pulling up the She's email from Brian. So Brian emailed us a while back, a couple weeks ago, uh, talking about Sea of Thieves and Game Pass. And, and Brian wrote a, a bunch of stats inside this email. But what I thought was interesting is that. Um, he said, it's hard to find numbers, but I've seen things saying that there are close to 10 million Game Pass subscribers currently. Maybe, Britt, you want to fact check that for me. <laughs> he says, that would be $1.2 billion in revenue if they were all on, if they were had the service on all year. Or if they do Game Pass Ultimate, it would be $1.8 billion, which is over 15% of the total gaming revenue from last year. Anecdotally, my friends and I all hopped onto Game Pass when... SOT showed up. What's that an abbreviation for? Sea of Thieves? Sea of Thieves. Oh, Sea of Thieves. Uh, Except Cliff. (laughs) And we have Cliff. You got called out by Brian. We have mostly stayed on the service since. And I have transferred to Ultimate, so he's upgraded. We all still purchase games this year. Borderlands, Anthem, one person got Fallout 76, and so on. Personally, I think that the day and date first parties, plus all the little games that show up like Creature in the Well, Dead Sales, and After Party, soon makes me feel pretty good about paying the monthly amount. Also gives a more extensive library of stuff for my son to play. It looks, at least as far as I can tell right now, that it's working for them. I can't see cost structures involved. They don't report segment cost information, etc. But I also think that they could get 20 or 30 million people on the service if they have a good good launch next generation plus the computer side as well since you get game pass for windows then you are starting to have a base revenue of three to five billion before individual software sales hardware accessories streaming could eventually push adoption rates up even more which i think is a really interesting line of thought brian did you end up finding anything have you reported actual mm -mm, numbers mm -mm. nope not surprising xbox likes to keep their (laughs) data close to their chest yeah it's not their Um, style but i i'm guessing that 10 million that you found brian is an analyst estimate but we know that there's roughly 30 to 40 million xboxes xbox ones in the wild at a minimum based off like reports we've seen from retailers not from xbox themselves so you know if you want to kind of like extrapolate what adoption rates are I, if they truly had 10 million subscribers that would be impressive so i would guess an, it's probably more like 2 to 5 million 
so here's an article from May of this year from a website called videogamechronicle.com. And seems legit. <laughs> they say <laughs> Microsoft has not revealed the exact sub numbers for Game Pass, but we have learned there are currently 9.5 million monthly users. Again, like no source linked to that. But so they could just be pulling that out of thin air. I mean, or their butt. Or if they have a source that wants to remain anonymous, they should have just said, we have a source, an anonymous source. Yeah. I mean, this is just like a quick, quick Google search. Maybe if I searched high and low, I could find more, but that's what I got. No, no. No need to search high and low. We could also ask them. I could send an email out and be like, "Um, (laughs) LOL, LOL. Hey, Xbox Wire team. Can you tell me how many people are subscribed to Game Pass? And they probably would never respond. <laughs> yeah, they, they want it. I mean, you can try. The worst they can say is, fuck you. So yeah. the worst they can do is not respond, which is what they would do when they don't want to give an answer. Would you rather have them not respond or would you rather have them say, fuck you? Which one's worse? I'd rather have them say, fuck you, See, quite okay. frankly, because that would make a great story. That really would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're liking After Party, getting back to it. And that's great because it's a game I really want to play. But like, Hot diggity damn. Where am I going to find the time? I don't know. Doesn't matter. So many games. So little time. <laughs> but we're going to play. We will. Because <laughs> Night School provided us with codes to play. So we're going to play. Yeah. Um, anyway. Do you, Britt, do you want to keep talking about how much we love the Outer Worlds? I mean, because I feel like I could talk about that for a whole second. <laughs> we talked about it for like 45 minutes last week. Or we whatever did. week that was. I don't really have much more to say, but I'm now level 21. So I'm, yeah. I'm getting up there. What are you at now? I'm at like 24. Okay. So we're, 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 we're close. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had much time to play um, anything no. recently because we were out of town. We were in Fargo for Extra Life. I brought my Switch with, didn't play it. <laughs> I, think I, played, I think I played like a couple of minutes of, what is, what is the game I have right now that I'm working on on Switch? Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. Must be a really good game. It must it must be such a oh no, don't say that. I, know. I feel like the game I just set you up for fail I set you up for pa- failure on that one. Um I downloaded something new. Well Oh, I've been working on Katana Zero. Oh, okay. Um because much like Celeste of last year, I had made a commitment to play Katana Zero this year because everybody was ranting and raving about how good Katana Zero is. Yeah. So far from what I've played, good game. Not as good as Celeste. Oh. I think that's what you said last time when you talked about it. Same general yeah, consensus, I, yeah. My my feelings have not changed. Yeah. I think they're very different games. I think that they're, they're the themes of those games are very different. The gameplay style, different. The only thing those games have in common is that they're side-scrolling platformers. Um, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot dramatically different about those games. And so I never want to, like, I don't want to make it an apples-to-apples comparison. But purely from a... a everyone's chattering about this game perspective. Like I felt like that's what pushed me to play Celeste. That's why I'm pushing myself to finish Katana zero before we have to go into voting for the game awards. Oh boy. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause but thankfully no, what's yeah. good games was invited back as judges this year. Huzzah. Huzzah. Go us. But no, like Andrea was saying, I think I counted in the past 15 days I've been home six of them. So like, <laughs> and you know, we've been doing a lot of traveling and like there's life happening. So we haven't had a lot of time to go into like death stranding, for example, but now that we're all home in the foresee- for the foreseeable future, maybe we can actually you know, do this thing where you actually play games and then talk about them because you have a video game podcast and that's what you're supposed to do. So we'll see. 
Until then, we'll it's just rely true. on Rihanna to tell us the well, latest and greatest. <laughs> we did all play the brand new Jackbox Party Pack 6 during the extra oh, live I, stream. I, yeah, but I mean, I died so quickly. Oh. <laughs> No, I forgot to answer. We didn't get a chance to do multiple rounds, but yeah. I'm super excited to try out more of those. If you guys did not realize that Jackbox Games put out Jackbox Party Pack 6, well, good news. It's available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, <laughs> and they provided us with codes as part of our raffle. So I might have an extra code or two. Hmm. Keep an eye on the What's Good underscore Games Twitter account. Maybe we'll give one away. Oh, boy. Um, but we had a lot of fun playing that. That was cool. And then, um, Rihanna, do you want to talk about this second game or no? I will what just say. That? Oh, God. There's what? a very loud vehicle outside. <laughs> it sounded like a phone vibrating or a fart. I couldn't tell what it, it was. It sounded like a fart. All I did is I <laughs> looked it? on our Skype window and Andrea looked so surprised. I'm like, oh, my God, is this Listen, what's happening? If that was actually a sound that came from my body, I would be impressed with myself. <laughs> Okay. You look I'd be like, yeah, good on me. Got to push in it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. No, oh, some God. kind of weird motorcycle. I don't know. <laughs> sure. This is this is all new to me because I've never recorded next to the street. The old What's Good Game studio was in the backyard. And so I never really got a lot of um, street noise because the house blocked all of it. Um, but now like where I'm temporarily recording in my, my, my office is like the windows, like right on the street, but, um, <laughs> this, don't worry, the studio will have soundproofing and stuff. So we won't get weird <laughs> fart motorcycles. <laughs> All natural. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> That's great. Um, oh good. I'm so glad that you turned a light on cause it was getting so dark over yes. there, Rihanna. I was like, turn the lights on. Yes, it's getting very light. dark here. <laughs> Um, sorry to interrupt. Did you want to talk about that other game? I will just say, if you're playing Shadowkeep in Destiny, then you want to try the new dungeon. And I will leave it at that because, as you know, raids and dungeons can get real spoilery as soon as you start talking about them. Is it okay, we definitely don't want to spoil things for people because, you know, our good friend Ren would be all over us about that. He'd be <laughs> very angry. Um, but uh, shout out to the What's Good Guardians. I have been sadly 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 away from destiny for far too long and i can't wait until the house is done and i'm not traveling and i can dive back in hopefully you guys will help carry me through all the stuff i know that they just announced a couple days ago well now it's probably close to an end that they're doing the festival of the lost is back i was like why did they wait so long to bring it back i don't understand i don't Listen, know are you staying or are you going like make up your mind <laughs> youtube.com so he just half in the frame right now he, no, all you can see in the frame is his butt because <laughs> the rest of him is cropped out more i'm talking about my cat who's standing on, on the edge of my i thought we were chair. talking about john for a second it's fine <laughs> oh, john's still in korea he comes back tomorrow though oh good he's been gone a long time yeah yeah um i'm super excited you guys he bought me a bunch of korean skincare products and i'm like very gay about it <laughs> I'm like yay oh man um, but now he's, uh, he's doing some work with some companies there. I don't, I don't know what he's doing there. He's been gone for a long time. <laughs> like watch his stories from time to time. And it's all like food photos. And I'm like, okay, did you go on an eating vacation or are you uh, working? What's happening? Jealous. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, um, so sorry that the hands-on section's a little brief this week. It's going to be hopefully a meaty one next week because not only will we be able to hopefully talk more about Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Death but Stranding. we'll be able to give you yeah our impressions of Death Stranding. And, of course, we'll have Sabriel on to talk about what she played at BlizzCon. And hopefully Diablo they 4. truly are unveiling Diablo and Overwatch 2, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. She'll get some hands-on, but I'm not holding my breath. Oh, well, Jason Schreier put out an article, I think it was yesterday, and he basically confirmed. Also, I think he confirmed the Diablo 2 remaster, which would be fucking sick. Hmm. But that's the one I'm not totally sure on. Dude, I'd be all about a remaster. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, we all know if Jason Schreier says it, it's he's basically like the spoilery Santa. And that's fine. (laughs) Right. But (laughs) even if they show it, it doesn't mean it's going to be playable at BlizzCon. That's or very... did he say it's going to be playable at BlizzCon? I don't remember. I'll bet it should be fucking playable. <laughs> it, well, it sh- Diablo 2 Remaster, if that's a thing, should absolutely be playable. Diablo but 4 should be playable. Diablo 4, you would hope, would be playable. That would be a huge bomb to drop to be like, Diablo 4 is coming and it's playable right now. Yeah. But I would imagine Diablo 4 is going to be next gen. That It'll be on Xbox Scarlet and PS5. And Stadia. And Stadia. I guess I don't... I never think about Stadia as part of that conversation because they're technically launching this year. True. But Are they? they're probably going to like be fully realized. <laughs> All right. You know, Brittany, that's fair. That's fair. Shade. Fair. <laughs> no, but the shade is real. I mean, like, the more, the more you look into the fine print, the more you're like, mm. Yeah. We have an interview scheduled with a member of the Stadia team in a couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. don't you worry, we're going to grill. We're going to grill him. We'll be nice. He's actually, he's actually a friend of mine. I'm excited to talk to him. Um, <laughs> and also grill him. And be yeah. like, give me all the answers. Don't give me all your political, like, well, well, well answers. I want, the, I want the tough stuff. So if you guys have Stadia questions, email them to us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com and we'll try to work them into our interview. I think Stadia will actually be fully realized by this time next year. I think the things that they're holding back, features that they're like, we're going to roll these out, I think the good time to get into Stadia will, in fact, be next year. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. That's it for segment two. When we come back, we're going to talk about what happened in Fargo, North Dakota, including the weird shit that I made Brittany, Rihanna, and Joey eat. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the third segment of the What's Good Games podcast. And today we're talking about our experience in my hometown of Fargo, North Dakota. Yar-go. As part of Extra Life 2019. I'm sorry, Brett, what was that? Yargo. <laughs> I loved it. You kept saying that all over town, despite the fact that you were like, I wasn't going to say this, no. but Fiargo. People asked me. I was trying to be a good girl. And then at our meetup, people were like, so how do you say it? How, how do you say it? I'm like, and then I, once I started, I couldn't stop. So <laughs> they did this to me. I don't want to get any. Yeah. Also, my bad. I did call it Fiargo. I don't know how it's evolved. So now there's like an I in there. I don't know. What's you happening? did insert additional vowels that don't exist, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but no, the the Canadian accent that Fargo is known for is all about the O's and the A's. And there are certain words, of course, that uh, bring it out. 
Maybe I should try to do most of this segment in uh, my Fargo accent. <laughs> so did you legit have one and you had to tr- untrain yourself when you moved? It's hard to know exactly how thick my accent is. The the kind of comical Canadian slash Minnesota accent, which is really what it is. It's more of a Minnesota than a North Dakota accent. But really any of the states that are along the Canadian border kind of like pick up that that same kind of sound wasn't as prevalent when I was younger. Again, it was just specific words. Sure. Because you really don't sink into that until you've been in the in the state for a really long time. Like the older you get, the more the euphemisms and colloquialisms and things, the regional dialects and the regional like phrases really make their way into your vernacular and your um, colloquialisms, right? Mm. But because I went to broadcast school, I learned right away about trying to have that more traditional English pronunciation on a lot of words and not like British English, like American English. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> right. Obviously, like, you know, news anchors in New York and news anchors in California have the same sound because they work to make sure they don't have a regional dialect. And it became apparent when I moved to California that there were certain words that I just needed to eliminate, like the word pop. So soda has okay. different names no. no matter what. Pop is fine. Okay, we're not going to Washington for pop. girls. No, no, <laughs> pop is not fine in California. If you call, if you live in California and you call a soda a pop, you get the side eye. Okay, Rihanna, pop may be fine <laughs> in Seattle, they but pop ain't that, fine down here. I get the side, side eye and shove I don't want no side eye in my life. I get time for that. <laughs> but it was funny because some I don't remember who it was at the meetup. And I'm sorry I'm not giving you proper credit, but somebody at the meetup was like, oh, it's called pop because in the in the winter it freezes in your car and goes pop. And I was like, that's what? not, no, come pop. on. That's I not feel, the real reason it's called pop. I feel like I vaguely of, remember that. I mean, it works. Uh, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> or not. I don't know if it's true or not. Dirty pop. Oh, they're yeah. back. Oh, oh yeah. Hey. Okay. Hey. Okay. A little, a little in sync. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Um, but I it got. was really fun. So, Brittany, Yo. tell me about your impressions of a weekend in my hometown. I felt very much at home because it reminds me a lot of where I live, where there's not a lot of high rises. I think there's maybe like one or two, and they're very recent. A lot of the things are spread out. You know, there's it's a lot of just like single-story buildings, and you, you, everything is pretty close to one another. Obviously, it's different because like there's a lot of fucking trees where I am. But it was really nice and homey, and it, the food was excellent. The food was yeah. so so good, and everyone was just so nice. There's just that that something I can't put on it. Maybe it's I don't know what, but I just feel like people are so approachable. Very people had a lot of pride, like where they were from. You could tell they were proud of the things they had to offer, and it was uh, very homey. I had a good time. Yeah. What about you, Brianna? It was a wonderful weekend. And honestly, I was thinking back on it yesterday and there were zero low points. Like everything we did, everyone we met, everything I ate was fantastic. And I, I don't want to say like I had expectations, but it whatever I did expect, it blew me away. It was really, really fun. I was so impressed when we went out Saturday night, I think it was, at the, all all the people in the Halloween costumes. Like yeah. it was it was so cold. I don't even know how cold it was. And that wind will like chill you to the bone. But there Ooh. were people out there shirtless wearing little itty bitty Halloween costumes and did seem so unfazed. Now, granted, they may have been belligerently drunk. I don't know. 
but I think it's probably just something they're used to. And they're like, I mean, it's North Dakota. They definitely were belligerently drunk. (laughs) But also worth noting, my friend Chad uh, went to the Hodo with us. So we had dinner downtown. If you guys are from the region, um, we went to the boiler room for dinner. um, And then we went to the Hodo, the Hotel Donaldson Bar. To get some cocktails, because it's one of the better cocktail mixology bars um, in the city. Because we wanted something a little bit more chill, because they were doing a pub crawl in downtown. Mm. And we were like, listen, we've been streaming all day. We're tired. Pub crawl is not in the cards for us. Um, And my friend Chad came and met us, and... He was like, just for the record, this is the warmest Halloween in the last 10 years. Oh, what? And it was still real cold for us. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's But he's not wrong that there's usually snow on Halloween because I have many, many photos of of me as a child in my Halloween costumes, like with my snowsuit, like underneath. (laughs) So I've got this like puffy snowsuit and then I've got like my like rainbow bright costume over it or what have you. Like you just have to plan for layers. But there were some girls that were... They were like letting it all hang out on oh, on Halloween oh, night. And I was cold in a full jacket with a scarf. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you do your thing. They were all. They will forever have my respect. Yeah, like that's, that's badass. That is badass. It was really fun. Like I like like I said earlier. I wish we would have had more time to explore downtown. I don't know. Were we downtown when we were at the boiler? Rumor. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, downtown Fargo. Okay. That is uh, kind of the most iconic place because the uh, the Fargo Theater, which we took a photo of um, with a big Fargo sign, is what a lot of people remember from the movie. There was really only one scene shot from the Fargo movie by the Coen brothers in actual Fargo. <laughs> Most of that movie takes place in Minnesota. But like I tell people, you can't call a movie Brainerd. It just doesn't have the same ring <laughs> that Fargo does. Um, but if you look at like the subtitles when you're watching the movie Fargo, almost the entire movie takes place in Minnesota. Mm. So I don't know why they called it Fargo. Maybe because Fargo is a great word. No, it it's was catchy. fun to get the little tour from you. You know, we'd like go down the street. She's like, this is where I got hit by a car. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That happened. <laughs> I think, was it, do I remember this correctly? I think you, Larry, your dad was with us and you said, dad, remember when I got hit by the car? And he said, no. Or did he, did he forget that? I thought there was something where he didn't remember something. And it was really funny because it was like a huge thing where you got hit by a car or something. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. And then when I was like, I think maybe he didn't realize I didn't mean like in my car. I meant like I was on a bike. Yeah. And I got hit by a car because the important thing to remember is that so my dad like hung around for most of the weekend. My moms were in town, too, which was super fun. Uh, Both of them donated and were part of our extra live stream, which I was super grateful for. But what? What was was interesting, though, is like for people to, that don't know that my parents were divorced. So my parents got divorced when I was one, but they remained really good friends, which I was super grateful for. And so there was a lot of things that I experienced that my dad only got like after the fact, right? Oh, because yeah. my primary guardian was my mom growing up because um, she was my primary caretaker. But my dad was absolutely a huge part of my life and was there and super supportive for, of me my entire life and has been. He was the reason I started playing video games in the first place. And, I mean, it could be extrapolated that the reason I have this job and I'm literally talking into a microphone about video games right now is because he put video games into my life. Yeah, So it was really exciting for me to have him at the meet and greet so he could, you know, talk to everybody. And I apologize that he was, you know, a little inebriated. We all were. (laughs) We all all were. We all had some good heart-to-hearts with good old Larry that night. That was a good time. 
so many people came up to me and were like, your dad told me this story. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. Um, So so if you got a good story out of my dad, good on you. Next time. Look for a gag order. Be like, no stories, Dad. No stories. <laughs> no, all the stories. It was really great, also, to see a lot of your family. It reminds me a lot of my family when we all got like the pull tabs. Oh, I think I still owe you twenty dollars. By the way, I have not forgotten. <laughs> I totally oh, forgot about how on earth you guys. I'm so so disappointed. We had like almost two hundred dollars worth of pull tabs, and we didn't win a single no. dollar. Nope, not one. It's no. like buying two hundred dollars worth of scratchers almost and getting nothing. It's like crazy we, everybody robbed. every member of my family who, who who threw down to get into the pull tab uh pot was like wait we did we no one won. Won. like double checked everything they're like <laughs> do we really get nothing out of this draw <laughs> just unlucky man but that's the thing about north dakota bars is that you can gamble in many north dakota bars you can do pull tabs which is essentially like a, a different version of a scratcher you can do blackjack some of them have slots uh, barcode, the place where we had the meetup had slots. Oh, you don't usually see poker because then people just buy cheap drinks and sit around forever. But <laughs> 21 is one of my favorite things to do when I go home to North Dakota because usually you can find a table where it's like three bucks. Nice. Sometimes if it's a really slow day or it's afternoon, you can get if you can get like one dollar minimums. So you just like have a beer, you sit around, you play some cards. It's fun. You're not really winning money, like real money, but you know, way to it's pass a good time. The time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great time. There were no tumbleweeds. There were no, <laughs> you know, like ancient monoliths. It was it was it was nice. Yeah, it was a nice little downtown and we had some pretty great meals, honestly. Oh, that food. Like what was that that fried egg thing? Oh, oh that was a that was a scotch egg. Yeah. Scotch egg. So North Dakota can't take credit for that. In fact, a scotch egg is really not a super common dish. We are more known for the pickled eggs, which Joey got to try. Mm. (laughs) Um, But the scotch egg happened at the boiler room. That was delicious. Uh, The food there was good. Britt got to try cheese curds. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I've had cheese curds in my day. But let me tell you, these were like perfectly fried, nice and crisp and kind of like a flake. Oh, God, they were good. (laughs) What else? I had the, the pickles. Was that at the boiler room, too? No, that wasn't there. That was at the Space Aliens. We had the pickles yeah, at the, the Space Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Oh, those are really good. Are yeah. We, oh, we had that pickles. burger that... Um, what was the it? Tater Todd burger. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, so that, was, that was amazing. That was decadent. Oh. There were so really many good. things, though, that I wanted you to try that we didn't have time to. We were going to do, like, a taste of Fargo on the stream, and then we realized logistically it would be too difficult with the camera setup that we had because we only had, like, a single wide shot. But hopefully, if we can do something next year, maybe I can arrange you to try some more local delicacies. But Rihanna got to try, because I think you had already left, Brad. Rihanna got to try some of the lefsa that I brought from my grandma's house. Yeah. Oh. I had grandma's lefsa. I had it when I got home from the airport. I was going to have it on the plane, put it in my bag, and completely forgot about it. <laughs> but then when I was unpacking, when I got home, I was like, ooh, a, <laughs> treat. a nice snack. No, it was yeah, delicious. So it's so good. And lefsa is essentially for people who are like, what the heck is lefsa? <laughs> Imagine our tortilla like a fresh hand rolled tortilla but instead of being made from corn or from flour it's made from potato so it's got a a very similar consistency and look and what's great about it being made from potato is that it's it's a bit softer so you get a nice 
like medium between like a corn tortilla, which can sometimes feel a little bit mealy depending on how it's how the corn is ground before the tortilla is made, and a flour tortilla, which can sometimes feel like a little bit too thick, a little bit too doughy. Lefsa is like this like perfect in between a corn and flour tortilla. And so you can either use them as savory, wrap savory things in them, almost like a crepe. Or what I like to do, a very traditional way for us to eat lefse at the holidays, is to put some really nice, like, room temperature butter, like real butter, and then sprinkle cinnamon sugar. So cinnamon sugar, like, what we used to do is we Mm. used to take, like, a cup of sugar and then mix the cinnamon in and then shake it together so it's like a a pre-done mixture and then sprinkle that on it fold it up and then bite into it and it's like Ooh. chef's so like kiss a non-fried elephant ear yeah exactly oh. exactly but you could you could pan fry oh. left side and be we gotta stop talking about food yes. i'm like I'm getting real hungry. <laughs> oh my god i'm ready to hang up on the both of you and like no, don't don't ha- don't hang up on us <laughs> We Yum. wanted to talk about it because it was such a fun experience for us to be able to go to that part of the country. And we're so grateful. So many of you drove in. So many of you flew in. We had people from Atlanta. We had Cody drive up from Chicago. We had um, Solid Snake Ocelot fly in from California, which shout out Solid Snake for the fantastic bourbon oh, yeah. that you brought with you. And we you know, set him up with some Fargo beers to take home. Like it meant a lot to us that so many of you drove from so many different places to come and say hi and to meet us and to hang out with us from St. Paul and Minneapolis and Grand Forks and Minot. And we're so grateful that we got a chance to have some fun conversations with you and you guys were part of our extra life stream. And of course, just another reminder, not that you need one. We were part of Team Kind of Funny and all of our donations, specifically at whatsgoodgames.com slash extra life, we're going to the Fargo Local Hospital that services all of North Dakota and Western Minnesota, the Sanford Children's Hospital. But Team Kind of Funny is raising money for the National Day of Play for Extra Life. And I believe Team their stream is directly benefiting the Benioff Children's Hospital, which it does every year. But I mean, it's all about the kids, the big, beautiful kids. We kept saying it was so fun. It was so great to see a video game community thriving. And so many people came up to me and were like, I didn't even know eGame Central existed. So this venue that we were at is one of the first of its kind in Fargo. And I kept saying, like, how amazing would it have been if I had a a venue like this when I was gaming as a kid? To be able to come and try out the gaming systems, to be able to, like, rent a PS4 for an hour and test it out you know, for like a nominal fee or to try VR, to play in like a Smash tournament or a Fortnite tournament, all the other things that they do. So it all was in all like really cool. And I, I was just really impressed with how many people wanted to watch me paint faces. <laughs> so one of the perks you see, it was a hundred dollar donation. I got to use faces as canvases, if you will. <laughs> and oh my God, I was living my best life. I drew Steimer on Joey. Then Joey kind of morphed into some... I saw those quotes. <laughs> Rihanna, that was a good Steimer. I made... In with- Brittany's defense, the first paint kit that we provided her with was not adequate. <laughs> it was really pretty, like, in the in the kit, but, like, on camera and on skin, I don't know why it wasn't showing up. And we tried it on a couple different skin tones, and, like, th- those pastels were just not showing up on anybody. So shout out to Maria. And, Thank you. And so, yes, again, shout to out Maria. to Maria for going out and getting, you know, we're like, get primary colors. <laughs> black. Can we just get black paint? Black know, and white paint, please. Uh, um, what else did I draw? Uh, Joey turned uh, into Magikarp. a dinosaur. Oh, yeah. I drew a Magikarp on your face. And then your whole face just kind of turned into, like, a 
like a unicorn vomit pile. It's just, I don't know <laughs> what happened. I, I, I drew a Triforce on your cheek. It was very beautiful. Um, I gave you, I think, a red nose. Very beautiful. I gave you just a black chin. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've never looked better, Andrea. I'm just saying. <laughs> I gave you Courtney Love eyes. I, I didn't oh, want to get it all was. the way up close to your eye because I was worried about, you know, you know, eye sensitivity with paint. But I was yeah. trying to give you like those tears, like those black tears. Oh, yeah. No, I looked real good. Also, if you go to our Facebook page, we have an album of all of our Fargo pictures. So if you want to <laughs> see all of this beautiful works of art, please head over there and tell Andrea how beautiful she looked. So she'll let me do it again. I just had a moment of the Nefla soup from Kroll's Diner. Oh, yes. And now I want more soup and I'm never going to get it again until I go home. (laughs) Well, I guess you just have to go home again. Yeah, because I have to go home. Holidays are coming up. It's a good excuse. (sighs) I know. I know. It was great. But yeah, we just wanted to talk a little bit about our time in Fargo and how much fun we had. And thank you so much to Rihanna for all the amazing work you did before, during, and after the event (laughs) to make it a success. We're super excited that you were part of the team, and who knows? Maybe we're just going to force you to work with us again. Yeah. Twist your arm. We're going to twist oh, yeah. your arm. It's, it's like so hard for me to actually be convinced to work with you, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem that you have, girl, is that we're in the same state, and we're not far from each other. So Very I can true. just kind of like go over there, like throw a sack over your head, and like throw you <laughs> over my shoulder, and like drag her ass yeah hour. she's gonna she's gonna do what stewie did in family guy she'd be like where's my money man, where's my oh, money, yeah. man? you got money for fake mustaches sorry oh, no. fa- old family guy reference oh, that's a good one. <laughs> anywho we love you you were great could not have done it without you quite literally you saved us so thank you so much for all of your hard work we're so glad that you came on the show this week and we hope that we get you on the show regularly yeah pretty awesome happy to join just gonna say it are we going to go back to a four-person show sometimes? Oh, my God. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh. Well, we broke ground on the studio this week. I'm very excited about it. Oh, soon. It's going to be cool. Hopefully. Hopefully soon. Um, but thank you guys for, for supporting us last weekend at Extra Life and supporting What's Good Games in general. Like, we say it all the time, but I feel like we can't say it enough that we can't do this without you. So we love you guys. And that's going to do it for our show for this week. If you guys want to send in any questions you have about BlizzCon for Sabriel, she's going to be here next week. She, of course, is our BlizzCon expert. So send those into contact at whatsgoodgames.com or whatsgoodgames.com slash DearWGG is another place for you guys to send those things. And have a fantastic weekend. Play some video games. We love you, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.